You're listening to Legally Bliss Conversations. This podcast reclaims and rewrites the stories female attorneys have been told about how we should practice law, grow our businesses, treat our clients, treat ourselves, and craft our identities as female attorneys. We'll hear inspiring stories from current and former female attorneys, the ones who question the stories they've been told, the ones who aren't afraid to live boldly and step into their own power. We'll learn from women who define success on their terms. Through lighthearted and curious conversation, we'll unpack the challenges these inspiring female attorneys have already navigated. So join me on this journey. You'll be empowered and ready to rewrite a completely new story about what is possible for you. I would love to welcome everyone to the Legally Bliss Conversations, and I would especially love to welcome Sarah Ovando today. Sarah is a founding partner of Ovando Bowen LLP. While in undergraduate school, Sarah worked for the Long Beach Courthouse Self-Help Center. There, she learned about family law and landlord-tenant law. She thoroughly enjoyed helping clients with their cases. This led her to switch from applying to a PhD psych D program to JD programs. After passing the California bar, Sarah worked at a small firm in Orange County where she practiced personal injury, bankruptcy, and employment law. In 2017, Sarah and her husband, Brave Souls here, opened their own firm, Ovando Bowen LLP. Their practice focuses on business litigation, probate, and estate planning. Sarah was born and raised in Orange County. Her family hails from Guatemala. Sarah is fluent in Spanish. Prior to becoming an attorney, Sarah was an esthetician and a certified yoga instructor. Sarah is a huge animal lover and plans to open her own farm sanctuary. She enjoys being part of the beauty industry, traveling around the world, learning new languages, She is a beginner in French and Chinese, and of course, being a mom. So welcome. I'm so happy to speak with you today, Sarah, and learn a little bit more about your journey. So yeah, so the last time we did have a very brief conversation, it was probably about a month ago, and we talked a little bit about law, but we also talked about beauty and the beauty industry. So do you want to give me any updates on what's going on in your world? Well, so last time we spoke, so I have a side business with my sister called Indian Ari. It's a cruelty-free beauty boutique. And we started this back in 2016. After I was studying, after I took the bar, I started this business with my sister um, because we're both vegan and couldn't find anything well, we could, but it was a hassle, right? Having to read labels and all that stuff. We wanted it to be an, an easy one-stop shop where everything was cruelty-free and or vegan. So we created it ourselves. Let me ask you, the name of the of the brand is Indie? Yeah, so I-N-D-I and Ari, A-R-Y. It's a play on our names. I love it. And I'm going to keep an eye on you and this vegan business. I think that sounds amazing. So speaking of, of like naming your law firm, Ovando Bowen. Um, okay. So that one's actually a funny story because I, my husband's actually an attorney much longer than I have been. He is much older. <laughs> um, so he's been an attorney for 10 years or so. And then I, I wasn't. And 
you know, so when we got together, he's like, hey, I want to open up a law firm with you because I think you're smart and you're capable and you already have an entrepreneurial spirit, like, you know, so why not? Um, but I wanted to get my feet wet first, you know, because I didn't feel comfortable just diving right out of getting, you know, passing the bar to opening up a firm personally. I mean, some people I know do it, but I just don't. Um, so in coming up with the name, right, obviously most attorneys put their last name as the firm name and my husband's last name is Bowen. But when I thought of the logo and the and how it's going to look, it's B-O. And I'm like, ew. <laughs> I, can't. I didn't even think of that. I just thought you were like, I should go first. No, no. You know, he's the senior partner. So the senior <laughs> partner, right, always goes first. And then the junior partner. Except and when. <laughs> except when you have someone like me who looks at the aesthetic, look at the logo. And I was like, that's not going to work. We can't have our logo having B.O. and people, you know, saying Bo and Ovando. And it just didn't feel, it didn't look right to me. I think it's smart. I think it's smart. So we switched it to Von Du Bowen and he's not, I love him for many reasons, but he's not, you know, uh, ego type or, you know, this toxic masculinity type. He's like, sure, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about practicing with husbands. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> it's actually not as bad as I thought I was always against working with a spouse I'm like why would I want to be all day with my spouse and then come home and see them again like it's too much I'm gonna get bored you know all that stuff um but it actually works out really well because we both get along really well he's very strict at work but I'm very strict at home <laughs> so I think it balances out like we and he's we're both able to keep work work you know we don't bring it home um, and it's actually nice because, you know, as an attorney, we have a lot of stress and being able to speak to a partner who understands that stress and especially one who's your business partner too, and making executive decisions together on hiring or firing and the expansion of the company and growing a company together has actually been really fun and rewarding for both of us. And we actually really enjoy it. So it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, at least not with him, maybe because he's such a great guy and he's really funny and always joking around, but takes, you know, the law very serious. And um, I, I think we balance each other out. I like how you kind of preface that. Like, <laughs> it was like, it was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Right? Like, I mean, I think it's better. It's better that way than like kind of going into it with rose colored lenses and it's going to just be daisies and rainbows entire time. Right. I mean, working with family is hard. I, my parents have had a business together for years or they're retired now, but did have a business together for years. And so I have <laughs> been able to see couples working together, like, but I do love that you, you mentioned that you turn it off. Like you, you turn that off. Have, did you all come to an agreement in, that you all would turn it off at 445 every day? And then when you left the office, you would be like, you, you would leave it there or how did no, how no, that? No, it was kind of, yeah, it kind of just happened. And, you know, to be honest, it's you, I mean, I'm sure, you know, it's really hard to take off the lawyer hat because when you get home, you're like, oh my God, especially with us with litigation. Um, it's, I mean, we have motion deadlines, hearings, trial, all that stuff. So when we get home, 
we're always thinking about work like oh my god did I email that person the motions due tomorrow did I do enough uh, you know we need to get an extension all that stuff so we're still thinking about it when we're at home but we're not getting worked up about it you know when I we're with the baby I call her the baby even though she's two and a half already but She's our always a baby. baby. <laughs> my 15 year old niece is my baby. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, we have family time, you know, I don't yeah. want that to get in the way of family. And then, you know, when she goes down or if we have some alone time, then, you know, sometimes we'll talk about work, but uh, we don't let it consume us completely. When we're at home, I want it to be family time or our time you know as partners i think that's the most important if you're working with your partners understanding that and especially after you have kids too is that your partners right that's how you guys got together in the first place your partners first before anything else so um i think just yeah i think we're just both mature enough to not bring it home and not get upset like if, if we yell at each other it's here right at the office <laughs> Not at home about work stuff. Right. If we yell at home, it's about home stuff. You know, I, we try not to yell at home though, because we don't want to give a you know bad influence well, to the baby. But, there needs um, to go. Every now and then you gotta yell, right? I mean, <laughs> especially when you're Latina, it's really hard not to. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But yeah, I don't know. I just we just understood that's how it's done. Yeah, yeah. So, so it, this is one when, when I had reached out to several people about my podcast and you had reached back out to me. I thought your story seemed so interesting um, because you work with your husband and you all are doing things a little differently. And also like after talking to you, one thing I loved about what kind of your story is that you're not just a lawyer, right? Like you are also, um, well, you're a mom and you're a wife and you're also an entrepreneur. So I would love for I would love to learn a little bit more about like how your legal experience and expertise is kind of bleeds into your entrepreneurial spirit. Well, you know, I actually I feel like I got the entre entrepreneurial spirit for my mom because she owned her own business and oh, yeah. you know, I was a single mom and she got her business and everything. And so when I became an attorney, it definitely I mean, I took a bunch of business classes. I actually wanted to get my JD MBA. I wanted to do a joint program. Um, but the, you know, as you know, law school is way harder than I anticipated. <laughs> it's hard enough, right? Yeah, it was harder. I was like, ah, I'll get my MBA later. <laughs> um, but I took all the business courses and intellectual property courses uh, during school. And so in the process, I was able to formalized more of my mom's business. Um, you know, I understood things a little bit better. And then when I created our business with my sister, same thing and understanding contracts and really reading them, not just glazing through it really quick, you know, um, and especially, <clears throat> you know, when you're getting a lease, commercial leases, um, you know, I had learned about landlord tenant and tenants have a lot of protection, but when you're in a commercial lease, it's considered equal, you know? So I really looked more into that and like um, what you can and can't do. And, and a lot, you know, depending on who your uh, landlord is, if you have a giant landlord, it's really hard to even try to negotiate anything because they have people wanting their space all the time. 
versus maybe a smaller landlord you can negotiate a little bit better and that's why I did with this place. <laughs> so um, I think just having a legal background um, just helps you understand some of those contract uh, provisions much better, understanding arbitration and what that means and the, the differences between arbitration and mediation and trial. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, isn't it the same thing? And it's obviously not. Um, and yeah. then I think for understanding operating agreements, you know, those kind of things, putting those things into place um, and business succession, which I am really into now because of estate planning, um, you know, a lot of business owners don't think about the future. They just think about today. We don't and want to think like, about those things, right? <laughs> yeah, always. So, you know, it's like, what's going to happen? Who's the business going to be left to if, if I become incapacitated or I die? So, you know, it's very real. Um, and I don't think people understand how real becoming incapacitated or disabled is. Right. And I think it's our job as attorneys to always look at risk. And I think that's what makes me a better business person is because I'm constantly aware of the risk. Everyone's like, oh, you're so negative. It's like, no, I'm just being realistic and I'm an attorney and I see everything that could potentially go wrong. And I want to avert some of those risks if I can. So I think that's how it's helped. No, I, I am very similar and I'm curious, I'm wondering if it's like, if, if being a, a lawyer has sort of trained us to kind of always be looking out for the next big obstacle, right? Cause it's like everything, or is it just kind of our nature to always be looking for risks? And that's why we are awesome attorneys now, right? So which have, maybe it's a little bit of both, right? Yeah, I definitely, well, my mom's definitely always like, oh, you know, more, more on the cautious side. So I think <clears throat> she instilled that in me, but she's also like, just go for it. When I told her we wanted to start with my sister and I wanted to start a business. And then when uh, my husband and I, they're like, oh, go for it. You know, might as well while you're young. <laughs> Although I think anyone can start a business at any age, but. No, I totally agree. And I think it's amazing that you, it seems like you have a lot of your inspiration from your mother. Oh yeah. Can you tell me Definitely. a little bit about that? I'm curious, like, what is she like? Well, she's very, you know, like I said, I was raised by a single mom. So, you know, um, she raised my sister and I, and she created her business. She had a house cleaning business and, you know, she's always been, and she's always told us if whatever you do, you got to put a hundred percent into it and put all your love and energy into it. And it'll, just naturally grow from there. And she did. And she, I saw her business grow as I grew up and how much energy and love and everything that she poured into it, because it's another, it's like another child, right? And it grew and she was able to achieve the American dream, you know, um, on her own. So, you know, bought her house, has her cars and all that stuff. And um, I'm very proud of her. And then I've always, because my mom was her own boss, I saw, as you know, having parents who have a business, you see the good and the bad. You see that they're the ones who are calling the shots. They're the ones who are deciding things. And, but they're also the ones working all the time because even when we're on vacation, she was constantly on the phone, constantly, you know, telling her, uh, employees where to go, dealing with clients, all that stuff. And, I think I really gravitated towards that because when I started working at 17 or whatever it was, 
I didn't like being told what to do. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, you can't tell me what to do. I want to, I think this is how we should do it. Or, you know, I had my own ideas of how, you know, the restaurant or the spa should be ran. So I think I just naturally realized, like, I don't like being told what to do. And I much rather call the shots, even if that means I'm working on vacation, because then it's on me and I make the decisions. I like being the decision maker. So I think I got it from my mom, just seeing how it works. So I'm curious, like when you think back on your careers and I'm saying careers, cause you've, you've been an esthetician, um, you know, certified yoga instructor. I mean, how cool is that? I love it. Um, what, like, what has been your biggest obstacle? Um, well, to be honest, it's probably, I'm, it's going to sound weird, but it's probably sticking to it you know, sticking to being an attorney and sticking, um, because my mom always told me, she's like, you're constantly changing your mind. You're constantly changing, you know, you're always going to school for something. And I was like, well, I like to learn, but it also means I'm afraid of commitment. (laughs) Really the underlying issue is that I'm terrified of commitment. (laughs) So for me to get married was a big deal Uh, to have a kid that's the biggest commitment in the world because you're never going to stop being a mom but then to start a business with my husband I'm like well the divorce rate in the U.S. is 50 percent so we're gonna have to split this up if we get divorced he's like why are you thinking of divorce already um but I think just saying you know what what's the worst that could happen? We end up getting divorced, we end up splitting the business, who cares? Like that's not that big of a deal really in the long, in the grand scheme of things. So I think just committing 100% and just keep going. And, and it's been great so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think it's good to ask yourself and this is kind of something that I've done with coaching is working, allowing yourself to think about worst case scenario, right? Like what would it really feel like? What is the absolute worst thing that could happen, right? Like, okay, my husband and I have to split up and we we split our law practice. And I mean, at the end of the day, like that would, that would be pretty horrendous, but the worst that's going to really happen is that, is that you're going to experience an emotion related to that. Right. And, and it could be devastation, um, which actually sounds pretty bad. <laughs> well, you know what? I think because I, like I said, he's, we actually started off as friends before we got together. Yeah, yeah. So I just, I always had the feeling with him that if, and I actually, I'm actually a second wife and I saw him and how he went through in the first divorce. Um, they're already separated all that. I'm not a home record. <laughs> Um, but he was so nice and so pleasant. And I was like, well, even if I get divorced, I don't think it's gonna, he's definitely nothing like my exes. So I think it'll be a nice, smooth transition. And I think we could stay friends. <laughs> See, there you are being a lawyer, going ahead and like getting this through your head, right? That y'all would still be friends. It would be fine. So but <laughs> this, is, this is really fascinating that, you know, you were friends with him and then now not only are like you, you, his wife, you're his wife, you're the mother of his child and you're his business partner, right? Like that's a, I feel like, you know, those are three big hats 
for, yeah. <laughs> for you to wear, right? And that's just in that's just in your relationship with respect to him. You're a, you're a daughter, you're a sister. And a business partner with my sister. And you're your sister's business partner. So there's a lot of interesting dynamics going on here. So that's yeah. that's really cool. Um so what if your daughter wants to be a, a lawyer? Okay, I'm going to tell her exactly what I tell everybody else when they tell me, oh, I want to be a lawyer. I'll tell them, are you sure about that? You need to intern. You need to see what it's really like or work. 100%. I might have a different experience because I am a business owner and an attorney, right? I'm not just doing lawyer work. I'm also then having to do the accounting. I'm then doing HR with my employees, you know, all that stuff. So uh, there's a, a lot for me to do here. Um, but in terms of the actual legal work, I do always tell people do internships and find out what practice area you really like or um, because we all think, oh, I love arguing or I, I saw law and order or suits is now the thing. I tell people it's, it's definitely nothing like that. You know, if you're going to be up at that level, you have to go through a lot of mud <laughs> to, to get there. And even then it's very stressful. I mean, you see people working till midnight burning, you know, the midnight oil and all that stuff. But um, I, I always recommend internships and I would tell her the same thing. All right, you want to be an attorney? We have a firm, so come and work and see what it's really like. I'm not going to be your mom here and I'm going to be your boss. So you better be prepared for me to give you a lot of grief because if you don't do things right, well, and this is what people don't realize, the law... <clears throat> doesn't matter what you're doing, whether it's estate planning or business litigation, people's lives are basically in your hand. No pressure, right? It's only their, their future. It's only their business. It's only their money. So they're, it's personal, right? Um, and we do family law too, which is even more personal. I would support my daughter 100% if she wanted to be an attorney, but I'm not, you know, my husband and I have had this conversation and, you know, with the way the economy and everything's changing, who knows what the education system's really going to be like in the next 20 years. So, you know, and before law school, right, people would apprentice. That's how you became an attorney. You could still do that, right? Kim Kardashian is the famous one who's doing it. I would actually tell my daughter, I mean, there's good things about going to law school, but I would tell her, listen, if you want to be an attorney, let's just do the apprentice route because you can just work under me or five years and boom, you're going to pass the bar and you're an attorney. Rather than going into debt, right? So I, I could not agree more. And it is going to be interesting to see how education changes. You know, you mentioned 20 years, but I mean, I, I have a feeling that we're going to see significant changes in education in, in five years. I would love for her to take over one of the businesses someday. Um, you know, but, you know, she doesn't need to be an attorney. Um, to take over any of them. Let's take a quick pause for a message from my sponsor, Prominent Practice. Are you thinking about a career transition from big law or partnership to a solo practice, selling your practice, or maybe you're launching a project unrelated to law? Whatever the reason for your transition, you'll need support along the way. 
Enter Prominent Practice, an executive consulting and marketing firm specializing in branding, positioning, and reputation management for transitioning attorneys. Founded by a female entrepreneur who spent a decade building smart digital platforms for thought leaders before pivoting to focus on high-end service providers who were preparing for successions, mergers, and acquisition events in their businesses. If you're thinking about making a big business move, don't risk losing the ability to leverage the reputation you've spent your career building. Let Prominent Practice be your guide. Visit prominentpractice.com slash blist for an exclusive introduction. So who do you think has been the biggest influence in your life? Well, that's a hard question for me because I am obviously my mom, you know, because she obviously, I saw so many things growing up with her and she's such a strong woman. Um, and she had to be right. She was a single mom. She like, you literally have no choice. Um, but I would say also my sister, um, and my husband, you know, I think all these are the three most, and my daughter, honestly, my daughter has taught me so much patience. Oh my God. I, I was learning patience with my husband, thanks to my sister telling me I need to be nicer and more patient. <laughs> but my daughter, when you have a kid, right, it forces you to be patient because you have a crying baby and this little human is completely dependent on you. And really thinking about how I want to parent, what kind of person I want to be. And <clears throat> I don't think enough people realize that yeah. your kids are modeling your behavior you are a mirror, they are your mirror. So if you want a, you know, a nice or, you know, well-mannered child, you yourself also have to do that. You can't be, this yeah. is why we don't try not to get angry and shout all this time at home, um, like we do at work, <laughs> because it's like, what you do, your children are gonna do exactly what you're doing. So if you are a liar, if your kids see you lying, they're going to start lying and think it's okay. And then lie to you. And then people wonder why their kids are lying to them. You know, uh, my daughter, she's only two and a half, but oh my God, you know, she's please, thank you. Um, can I have this? And even though she will sometimes be like, mommy, I want this. Okay. You know, I just stay calm. And so I think just, she has definitely changed me the most and to grow because I want to be a good mom I want to be a good example for her just like my mom was for me but you know that's a different situation I I'm an attorney I have my own businesses and I have a husband so it's a different uh, environment that my daughter's growing up in than that than I did um, so I think and my husband too is constantly saying how having a kid having a baby just completely changes you and how rewarding it really is, even though it's challenging and stressful, but I think it forces you to become a better person, at least if you let it, right? Because obviously we all know, especially in family law, we know that <laughs> there's terrible parents, but uh, if you rise up to the challenge, I think you can actually become a better person too. Oh, 100%. So did, was being a parent always part of the plan for you? Did you? Oh, no. <laughs> No, being married and having a kid was the opposite. That was, that was not in the plan. That's all okay. Really. This kind of stuff happens, right? Yeah, no, like, I thought I was going to be the cool aunt, you know, the rich aunt working and, you know, dating and all that stuff. Um, <laughs> you know, but 
I ended up meeting my husband and he was such an amazing guy that I always used to say, you know, and I see the sentiment now with people on Instagram, um, but I would always say, if the person doesn't make me love my life as much as I love it when I'm single, then why am I with the person? So I love being single. I love having my freedom, right? I don't like commitment. So I like being able to do and go wherever I please. And for me to commit to somebody, I better have, I better enjoy them and love the life that they're, that I have next to them, like I did without them. And my husband, he's completely, like I said, different from all the other men I dated and just let me be me. And that really made a difference. And you know, we got together and then got married and had a baby and all that stuff, which I was never expecting. So daughter, if you see this in 20 years, I'm sorry, I was not expecting you, but I love you. (laughs) We are so happy you're here. And I think that you just said something really fat, like important for people to understand, especially our younger uh, female ladies out there, single who are in the dating world, right? Like (laughs) the importance of being with someone who lets you be who you are, right? And someone that that you don't feel like you have to change in any way around. I think that's really important. This is not a dating show. <laughs> this is not a dating advice show, but you know, I mean, we many of us start out as young female um, attorneys who are single. and um dating is hard. Um, Dating is really hard when you're a lawyer, I think. Um, yeah, right. Especially when you're a, a practicing attorney with your clients, whether you're in a law firm or your own practice, it's definitely a lot of work. And to get out there and have to deal with someone who doesn't understand your life and your job, I see that a lot, actually. Yeah, a lot of people, spouses or partners are not attorneys and they don't understand the lifestyle. Right. Right. So it's, yeah. And it's hard to kind of have those conversations with people who don't understand it that like, yeah, you are like, even though you do try to leave it at, leave it at the office, there are still client issues that are weighing on you, right? Like you're still like, you're, you might be marinating on it while you're doing laundry. taking a shower, you know, like doing oh, little- emails from clients at like 12 midnight. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> well, you know, I am a big fan these days of setting boundaries and I, I've gotten a lot better. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't top of mind when I was in a big law firm. It wasn't as important partly because I was younger, probably because I was single most of the time, but now it's like, I really need to turn off the email at 5 p.m. or, you know, yeah, 5 p.m. <laughs> yeah, oh, me too. I, I agree. Not earlier. <laughs> when we first started our firm, we were all, you know, obviously when you start your own firm, you are catering to your clients 100, 100,000%, right? All the time. Any, anytime I get a text, a phone call, hey, yeah. but especially with a, kid, a daughter now at home and you know, our business is growing. It's not that I don't care about my clients, but I realize, you know what? I need some space. I need to just dedicate. This is when you can find me, you know, nine to five. I'm dedicated to my clients hundred percent. But if you call me or email me, I'm not going to respond because that's my time. I deserve some time with my family. I deserve to decompress 
from the stress and everything else. So um, I definitely agree with you. That was hard for us. And it we didn't really start implementing a communication policy until late last year. Good. So tell okay, me. This is, yeah, this yeah. is when you call and this is, that's it. This is the time frame, right? I mean, I can't just call my dentist at no. midnight. So why can't, you can't call me at midnight. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about that. Tell me a little bit about your um, communication policy because this is really important, I think, for our mental health. I actually have it in our retainer agreement or our client engagement agreement, if you want to call it. Um, and we didn't before. Before, I would kind of just, um, like I said, I would answer and all that stuff. But it hit me when um, our daughter was getting older and seeing us on the phone and being like, mommy, mommy, or, you know, papa, papa. And we'd be on the phone and I'd tell my clients, oh, sorry, like I'm already at home. So my daughter is here, obviously. And I didn't want her to feel like I was ignoring her. I felt really bad. So I said, you know, we need, I told my husband, you can't be coming home on the phone with a client. You better get off the phone before you get into the house. Don't answer the phone when we're, when we're all together, unless it's, because, you know, obviously we get, have trials. So unless it's the day before trial and the client's having a nervous breakdown, I can understand that. But if it's, you know, normal week, um, let's, let's keep it separate because I, I want our daughter to know that we're paying attention to, to her and that she's important and not, it's not just work. So then um, I found a communication policy from, I think another attorney friend of mine and I liked it and I obviously made edits to it to fit <clears throat> our you know, uh, time frame and all that stuff. And so it just says, you know, from nine, from 8 a.m. to 12 and from, from one to five, because I wanted to give that lunch break that our employees take, let them know like, hey, no one's gonna answer your emails during lunch break. Yeah, yeah. And I wanna give my employees a more work-life balance too. So that's now, and I put it at the top of the agreement. It's like the second paragraph. I love <laughs> so that. they cannot miss, and it's a bold communication policy. Yeah. You know, they don't always like really look at all of that so that, you know. That's why I put it on the first page. Yeah. Because originally I was going to put it toward like in the middle or wherever, but I realized there, no one ever reads these things really. So let me put it at the top. So at least when they see the first part, it's yeah. like, oh, there's communications policy. Maybe they might read it. Okay. I think that's, I love this so much. Like we've got into something really interesting. I think the importance of having a communication policy, um, with your clients, right? Like, you know, we talk about setting boundaries and stuff, but what's, what is a big part of that communicating that to them mm -hmm. and whether it's on the first phone call with them or in a, a retainer agreement, which is probably better to do it that way. Right. In writing. So they I see. always have it in writing, right? We're yeah. <laughs> Go look at that. Um, please don't call me at 10 o'clock on a Saturday night because I'm bed, you know? I mean- And now I put my, I love, I, with the iPhone, right? Like you can put a on um, do not disturb and yeah, all that yeah. stuff. It's like, yeah. listen, I'm, I'm with my baby. Just like how they value their family time, I value my family time. Yeah. And I think that maybe we are often looked at as just kind of like automatons, right? Like or people that aren't human. Um, but it's like at the end of the day, like we have the same um, needs emotionally. We, we you know, we have, <laughs> we, we have the same needs as anybody else, right? Um, 
I think that's really fascinating that you, that you did that. And I think that that's something, you know, I just kind of want people to think about that are listening today is where are you setting boundaries with your clients in particular? Of course, boundaries can apply to husbands, <laughs> sister, like every, any relationship, right? Um, but in this, in this particular context, I think with clients, it's really important. And if you can, how you can communicate that, how you can properly set the tone at the beginning of, of your relationship with a client, either verbal, verbally communicating it or even better, which is what you're doing, Sarah, is actually having the communications policy written to your agreement. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm lucky because, you know, I have my own firm, so I can do that. Obviously, I know a lot of people don't own that. You know, they work at a firm. So um, I think, but I think our generation and the younger generation that's coming out of law school really understands mental health and how important it is. So, you know, not saying that the older generation doesn't, but they have different expectations. So I think once those people start to retire more in the law firms, then we're going to see a shift once, you know, our class and the younger classes become the partners that, you know, mental health is important. Work-life balance is important. Like we were not born just to work. <laughs> we're, you know, we should have, you know, the European mentality is, you know, you, we, the U.S. is you live to work and then the European mentality is you work to live, right? Work is supposed to be just be a tool for us to get money and then go on vacation, enjoy our life. That's what we're here for. Right. Yeah. I, I take mental health Fridays. I don't work on Fridays anymore. I'm so, hoping to be there one day. <laughs> and yeah, you will be. You will be. You know, for me, it was baby steps. It was an hour on Friday, right? Like I would make sure that I was out of, out of here by three o'clock or whatever. And it just, it takes time. But once you kind of implement those baby steps, you can't go back. Like you can't work on Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> I feel, I, you know what we did do? Um, so originally I had my goal set for the year, you know, 2021, because as you know, as a business owner, you have to set your revenue goals and all that right. stuff, the business side of it right? No one likes math. That's why we became an attorney. But when you're a business owner, you have no choice but to do math. You still got to do math. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Especially if you do any type of business litigation or valuations. Anyways. Um, so we exceeded our goal for 2021. And I said, thank you. Awesome. I said, yeah. I know people who are taking um, other attorneys who are estate planning attorneys who take the, Christmas, the week between Christmas and New Year's off. And I said, well, you know what? We all, we made goal. So I'm going to give the office a break and we'll have vacation. I mean, for you, I, you know, Ch Chumahan and I were still in the office, but I was only here part-time, yeah. you know, a couple hours, but, you know, I wanted to reward our team. And then I also want to start putting it into the client's mind. Like this is a holiday season. We deserve a break too. So I even put an automation on my email. Good. And next year, same thing. We're going to just take that week off, you know, off. Yeah. No, you know, it's funny. Then, the, the first time I decided to think about like, or when I first started implementing mental health Fridays, I felt kind of guilty about it. I was like, yeah. I don't know if I should do like, this is just, you know, I don't know if I should do this. Can I afford to do it? Like, does, what does this make me look like? 
And then I had to go to another lawyer's office in town here, a couple of women. Um, it was on some estate planning work that I needed to have done. And um, they had a sign up that said, your lawyers take care of their mental health and we are out of the office on Fridays. And oh, that's that's right. like, that's a sign. it made me feel so good. It was, a, they had a sign up, right? They're basically like, we're not talking to you on Friday, right? <laughs> but I was like, this is okay, right? Like yeah. it's okay to respect your own mental health and to prioritize it. Right. And I mean, the four, four uh, day work week, I think, um, I, I know some of the Congress members are trying to push it too. And yeah. it's, it's catching fire, you know, everywhere, I think, because it just makes sense, right? We're not robots. We can't just keep going 24 seven. We need breaks. And yeah. And if you can be just as productive Monday through Thursday, then why not? Yeah. And I think that really comes down to being super mindful and how you plan your day or even your week, right? Because you can really get a lot done if you're just super like mindful of how, like what you're doing every few hours, right? Um, at the end of the day, I ask you, we really, like, can we really be on eight to 10 hours a day, five days a week, six days a week, some people work and actually really being like really produced, like maybe when I was 25 or 30, um, it's just doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> I think that's why there's such a rise. There's so much alcoholism. I don't know if you watch Mad Men, but you know, the guys were drinking starting at 10 a.m. and people were drinking all and people still do, right? The older generation yeah. of attorneys, they <clears throat> there's a lot of addiction in this country. And I think it really has to do with the fact that we didn't take mental health serious and we're work, being worked to death. Yeah. And it's like, that's not the lifestyle that I want. And that's no longer the lifestyle that you need, especially with, um, you know, with so many different asset classes that you can invest in and real estate, all this stuff, you can make your own life, you know, um, and you can retire early. Yeah. Right. A lot of people do, and they, you know, go live down in Mexico or something where it's cheap, but, um, I think that's where we're at now in this country. And I think a lot of us, like I said, the younger generation or, you know, us and the younger generation are recognizing we're young. We're, <laughs> we're still young. Uh, recognize that you don't need to be grinding 80 hours a week yeah. in order to enjoy your life. I mean, or to be a contributing member of society, like a producing yeah. member, right? Like I kind of always, I feel like I was trained, you know, like you work at least 40 to 60 hours a week and this is how you contribute to society, right? Like, and as I get older, I'm like, that, that shit is for the birds, right? Like, <laughs> you know, and you know, everyone kind of goes through seasons of life too, right? When you're younger, when you're in your twenties, you know, and even thirties to some extent, it's just, yeah, maybe that's like what you want to do right now, grind and you want to learn and that's the lifestyle you want. That's great. But like, you don't have to be stuck in that. There are a lot of options. And I think it's really interesting that you mentioned um, just other opportunities, right? And I would love to know a little bit about what's next for you, Sarah, and what, where people can, can learn more about you and find you. 
Oh yeah. So, you know, obviously my website, ovandobowen.com and, <clears throat> and Instagram, Ovando Bowen LLP, I believe. And then if anyone's interested in the beauty business, right, it's Indian Ari Instagram and on indianari.com. I love speaking with people just like you, Sarah, who have like, like her lawyer hat, right? It's like kind of there, but you, there's so much more to you. There's so many facets to you. Wife, mom, entrepreneur, daughter of a single mother, right? Who was an entrepreneur and who had two lovely daughters who are like successful, right? It's like the American dream. It's, it's amazing. So I just want to thank you for hanging out with me. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you, Susie, for having me. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today on Legally Bliss Conversations. If you love this episode and you want to hang out with other inspiring and light gold female attorneys, be sure to join the Legally Bliss community at legallyblissed.com. And be sure to follow me on Instagram at Susie Hickson. See you next time.